It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and Z92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Great news to report. Sheridan Realty and Auction Company has built a new 7,500-square-foot warehouse in Owasso. Now we are able to take all of your items and put it underneath one roof. Whether you are able to bring us a vehicle, an ATV, furniture, it goes inside. Go to SheridanAuctionService.com to see more. More importantly, stop down and see us at 1007 South Washington Street. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your larger, small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of three-point podcast located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 143 of Three Point Podcast. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, and Z92.5 The Castle. I'm the old guy, Ted Fattel, joined here in the studio by Jared Fattel, the young buck, and Matt Burns is on the phone from North Carolina. Well, Mel Tucker won a statement game and maybe a final statement on the Jim Harbaugh era. Same old Lions as they lose a winnable game to the Colts. And I started a new Netflix series I'm going to tell you about in Tedertainment tonight also. Joe Janka, Mr. Spartan, will make a return appearance to bask in the glory and pile on our maize and blue pain. Before we get to Joe, I just want to tell you about some good folks. And the good folks include Advanced Elevator Company. They have the best trained professional field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with headquarters in the heart of Owasso, an area business leader and a longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools and a proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce. Also on board, Hankard Sportswear, the area's go-to clothing and more printing business with many, many loyal customers. The Hankard Sportswear team prides themselves by giving a good product at a great value. 100% guaranteed to satisfy your expectations. Special items for family, sporting, business, and charity events, along with printing for signs and banners for your upcoming events. Downtown Owasso, give them a follow on Facebook at Hankard.Sportswear. All right, guys, let's uh, let's talk, first of all, about that uh, interesting game, I'll call it, down there in Ann Arbor on Saturday. Here, I have said a lot of things uh, negatively about Shea Patterson. But the one thing I will say is that he doesn't lose that game. Shea Patterson, if he's our quarterback, we don't lose to that shitty Michigan State team that had just lost to Rutgers. It, it doesn't happen. But the thing is, is just like I, I've never seen a team like just so uninspired. It's kind of hilarious to think of how, how uninspired a team can be in a rivalry game at home with all this momentum behind them. I just don't understand. They, I don't feel like anyone on the team was like excited the entire game. I wasn't excited watching it. It just was. It was like the most frustrating I've ever felt. Frustrated I've ever felt as a fan of anyone in my entire life. At least with Brady Hoke, we maybe won. The, we would win this game. I feel like I just it's, I, it was just bizarre. 
It's hard to argue what you just said. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they were lethargic. They were like in slow motion. I mean, I've never seen Michigan have defensive backs having that much trouble. I know they played man to man, but my God, and they were just sticking with them for a long time. And and Rocky Lombardi, he looked like an All American. I'm not going as far as saying he looked like an All American. I, he definitely hit you know a handful of really big throws. To me, he was just dropping back and chucking it up yep. and either hoping for a penalty or hoping for one of his receivers to make a play. And, like, I mean, like you guys just said, most of the time his receivers were making a play or it was a penalty. So, I mean, he definitely – it's not taking anything away from him. He definitely hit some really big throws on, like, third downs and stuff like that. Or when Michigan had them pinned deep inside the five or inside the ten, they did make some big throws. But it, the, the philosophy clearly was drop back and – throw it up, and that you're either going to get a first down, you're either going to make a play with your receiver, or um, you're going to get a penalty, and it, that's what it seemed to do. That, like You guys were talking about it, lethargic. It just seemed like the whole time Michigan was stuck in mud. You know, like if you hear that like reference with football, like the offense is stuck in mud, they like could never just like get something going, the flow, and they could never get a, the run game established, never get like a, a good drive going. It just seemed like the whole game they were stuck in mud, and I honestly think like it was like a culmination of any, everything. I think the the coaching staff definitely deserves a lot of the blame for not having these guys, you know, ready and pumped up. And this is a rivalry game. This is a big deal. All of that stuff. But I think it was also probably on the players in the sense of being that Michigan had just Michigan State had just lost to Rutgers, knowing they had a new head yeah. coach, knowing the roster wasn't that strong, being the the line in Vegas being starting at 24, 25. And seeing all the predictions on radio shows and podcasts being 60 to 7, 50 to 14, stuff like that. I think all of that, they, it was like Ivan Drago and, and Rocky Balboa. They thought Ivan Drago walked into that thinking that he was just going to destroy Rocky Balboa. And after the first or second round, he was like, holy shit, this guy's actually here to fight. And I think Michigan was like shell shocked after yeah. the first quarter. They were like, oh my God, this Michigan State team is actually here to fight. And like you guys kind of said, the coaching staff didn't adjust. And I'm not on the fire Harbaugh train. I don't know, man. Come it, on. It's definitely a big indictment on him. Mo- mostly because I still stick to you have to have, in my opinion, you have to have a better option to come in. I'm not saying that I'm not like backing Harbaugh saying he's the best option we have. He's the best coach. I'm not like that far extreme. But if you're going to fire Harbaugh, you need to have a better option. But that's a that's a big, big, bad bad loss on his resume yeah let's throw it on the table let's let's have our harbaugh discussion right now it seems like every week we do he's the greatest in the world all of a sudden he's not but if you do really break it down let me let me throw it out there first i don't think you fire him right now i think it's a bad loss there's no getting around it but a lot of coaches have bad losses the difference we have one of these every year though. i know and the difference is the great coaches like saban or Dabo sweeney even they rarely have a bad loss. That's the thing. Do you think Alabama if, against an Auburn team, like I, let's just say it's their rival, like they're a 20-point favorite over Auburn, do you think they're at all going to have like they're going to have a game like that? No, they're going to blow them up by like 400 points. More than likely not. You're right. You're right. And and to Matt's point, you know, this is a loss. Harbaugh loses this game. You got to put you got to put this loss squarely on his shoulders. But I'm going to throw this out there and you know, you're going to think, "Oh, Ted, you're looking through the maze and blue glasses again." If if Harbaugh runs the table, they get to Ohio State. How now, are they going to run the? Ta- okay, they could. All they, right, they could. They could run the table to get to Ohio State. Now, for if they can somehow do the same thing Michigan State did, pull the upset and beat Ohio State, or even this. Let's say they get to that game, lose a close game to Ohio State, so they finish this season six and two, go to a bowl game and win a bowl game. You can't get rid of Harbaugh, can you? No, but they're not going to do that. That's the same thing you're doing with the Lions. Uh, well, this they're two different topics. We'll talk Lions soon enough. But. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't think I, I get what you're saying, Jared. I don't think it's a comparison with the Lions because the Lions cl- clearly are the bottom dwellers of the NFC, <laughs> probably the whole NFL. Like Michigan is really like we've talked about this before. It, it's probably more unrealistic expectations of the Michigan fan base because Michigan traditionally is an eight to ten win program, and then. You know, 97, they go undefeated, they win a national title. Or every once in a while, 2006, they're undefeated going to an Ohio State game, and, you know, they have a chance to go to the national title. So, like, normally they're winning 8-11. That's the almost like the threshold of what Michigan football has been, and that's where Harbaugh has them. 
he just has some of these bad losses where it's like they're so unprepared and they just look like they're just going through the motions. I personally think, and I've said it like before to friends and, and on, you know, like on Twitter and stuff like that, I think it's just, it's the Michigan arrogance coming out where they just, you can tell they almost just think like if they show up, they're going to win. Like Michigan state is the inferior. Everyone still talks about it. Charles Woodson is on Mm -hmm. Fox pregame show talking about little brother, little brother shows up and we just do this. Obviously the whole Mike Hart thing. I think it is just that Michigan arrogance, that mindset of like, we're Michigan. I mean, Brady Hope, that was his, his line. This is Michigan. This is Michigan. We're just better. This is Michigan. And it was like, no dude, you're like a terrible head coach. (laughs) But like, I think that that's what they do. They show up. They think they're going to win. And Michigan State and Mel Tucker, they don't really care. They're going to sh- go out there and put up a fight. And Like, I don't really know what the answer is. I mean, they've got a ton of talent. The talent disparity is clearly in Michigan's favor. So is it the coaching? At some point, we've talked about before, it, it does fall on the players, too. Yeah. You know? So it's just like <laughs> – it's just like a, it's a head-scratcher. You know, when you watch that game, it's just like, what even happened? Because Michigan State clearly isn't, like, the overall better team but they put an ass whooping on Michigan. They did. Yeah, I mean, just Joe Millen just looked horrible. And then you talk about how it's like they almost like don't even – they come into it thinking they're just going to waltz all over him. Like Joe Millen saying – like I know it was kind of almost taken out of context in a way, but saying he has no idea who Antoine Simmons is. Really? Who was like the best player on the field pretty much. In <laughs> yeah. my, like that guy was everywhere. Making every play, saved literally a touchdown uh, with like a – jumped like three feet in the – like five feet in the air. Tremendous like, play. It Tremendous was a sweet play. play. Joe Millen had no idea who this guy was. He said he wasn't – quote, unquote, wasn't on his radar. Like who is on your radar? I, I just—it's just crazy to me. Like you got to take the visor off now. Like visor's gone. <laughs> You're done with the visor. Maybe maybe buzz cut. I, it's just—it's just disappointing. I, I, I really am speechless with this team. That loss was so disheartening. It was, and it was just the loss that it was. As soon as the the ball was snapped, you knew we were in for a dogfight, and that was almost the most disappointing part of it all. Is because we knew how bad Michigan State was, and it kind of like slowly. Like, you sort of like, oh, like, they're just starting slow. Oh, okay, just a bad first half. Oh, now, like, Michigan State's just playing, like, their ass off right now. No, Michigan just flat out sucks. Minnesota sucked. It was kind of a perfect storm where Minnesota, we found out now, they suck because they lost to a Maryland team that lost to Northwestern by 40. And we saw that their defense was absolutely horrible. So, the Joe Milton thing and, like, the running backs running rampant over Minnesota was just a charade. And what happened was we had two teams that were preseason ranked that you know we had the college game day primetime game and we and what happens was they both sucked and it made Michigan look like they were like unbelievably good when if you remember coming into the year we really thought this was going to be a down year they lost so much talent yeah basically the only thing we were holding on to was Joe Milton and we saw it like just how bad this team kind of is with these defensive backs just getting torched by a true freshman like it's just embarrassing. <laughs> it's time to get Harbaugh out. I'm sick of the we can't get anyone better. I, we got to find somebody better. We, he might not be a big as big of a name, but he's got to be somewhat of a better coach. Here's what I'm gonna. I'm just gonna throw it out there one more time. You got to give him the season. It's one terrible loss. I know you got to figure out a way to, no, but to win your rival bad. games. The, the it, team's bad. Well, it's, no, it's not. You don't lose to a Michigan State team like that at home, I, and you're not bad. I get maybe you have a close game because it's a rivalry game, but you don't lose that game if you're a good team. Rocky Lombardi beat them. I, they're I, not good. It's hard. Stop holding up hope for this, oh, we're going to run the table. No, well, it's hard. Good. It's hard to argue it, but it is a full season. He's got to get this season. Like I said, if he gets blown out by Ohio State, and gets drilled in a bowl game, then I'm on board. But I'm I'm just on record right here, right now, saying we play this season out. Let's get off the Harbaugh thing. Now, if he has a couple more bad losses during this yeah. re- rest of the season, then – Well, get prepared. Then, We're but, underdogs against Indiana. I so. know. Indiana. Well, Indiana's pretty good this year. But, yeah, if they go in that game and win that game, you know, we'll be changing our, our tone again. Didn't Michigan start off as a favorite against Indiana? I thought I saw they were like three-and-a-half three point favorite. Yeah, and I think I believe it's shifted because it's, it's at home game. Did it already shift? I, that's at least that's the last time I saw it. I thought I saw those Indiana by three. Maybe I misread it, or I don't. Maybe you potentially misread it. I think may, I thought it was Indiana by three. I have no clue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Either way, I I thought it was Michigan. I was shocked that they were even favored. It was almost like they're just setting Michigan fans up to be pissed off again. Yeah. But uh, you know, I, I'm I'm like, that's what I mean. I'm I'm with Ted because I want to give like the team, you know, Harbaugh, Gaddis, you know, the whole staff, I guess, the rest of the season. Because like every team, this is an excuse just for Michigan, like every team, they didn't get spring practice. They did lose a ton of talent. I mean, their best cornerback, Ambry Thomas, did opt out. They sound like a lot of excuses. But, you know, like these are things that 
every team is dealing with, you know, the no traditional like summer practice and camp and all that stuff. So maybe it is kind of like working out some kinks. It's just like how lethargic they looked and stuck in the mud and everything that we've already said, and that's what's really disappointing. But I want to see, like, how, yeah, let's see how they adjust. Are they about to go on? Remember a few years ago when, when Michigan beat Penn State early in the season by 39 or whatever, and then Penn State ran the table and won the Big Ten? Like, is this, could, could something like that happen? I'm not saying it's going to, but, like, could something like that happen? Could this be the spark to, like, slap them in the ass and say, yo, you guys need to wake up? Or, right, are they going to stumble to a 3-5 and five season and clearly, like, show that Jim Harbaugh is not the answer? Because, like, people are throwing around the money he makes. I don't honestly don't care about the money no, he makes. I don't either. Because, like, the money is, like, market value. Like, exactly. Michigan football is worth so much money. They're not about to pay a head coach $500,000. <laughs> you know, like, like him, him having a big contract to me, whatever. Like, Michigan makes so much money. That's, like, what they're going to pay their head coach. I mean, Mel Tucker comes in and Michigan State's paying him $35 million. So, yeah. it's like, you know, that part doesn't bother me. It's like starting to win these big games and actually look like they know what they're doing. And that's where you got to show it because you can be 48. His overall record is 48 and 19. You can be 48 and 19, but if you can't beat Michigan State and Ohio State consistently or Ohio State at all, then it's kind of like, what are you doing here? You know. But then you you risk firing him and bringing someone in who, you know, pulls a rich rod or a hoke and like buries the program. So you know, like people throw around like the Dabo. You want a, a, a Nick Saban. You want some of these guys. There's only two or three head coaches who actually have national titles. I mean, Jimbo Fisher won a national title and basically has been Jim Harbaugh ever since he didn't have Jameis Winston as quarterback. You know, Ed Orgeron was a very mediocre head coach, gets Joe Burrow on a historic season, wins a national title, and now this year LSU is probably as good as Michigan. So, you know, like just saying like Jim Harbaugh is a terrible coach, he needs to go, it's like there's only one Nick Saban. There's only one Urban Meyer, and he's not coming to Michigan. There's only one Dabo Sweeney, and he's staying in the South. So, you know, that's what I mean. It's like, do you want Tom Herman, who went to Texas? You know, look at what they're doing. You know, people throw out Matt Campbell, who's at Iowa State. It's like, you really want to replace Harbaugh with a Matt Campbell? You know, so like, or Luke Fickle, people are even throwing out. It's like, all these names. It's like, is it going to be better than what Jim Harbaugh is doing? I don't know. Urban Meyer. That's what we need. No, I don't I, even say Michigan. You won't even say the word I know, Michigan. No I way know. he's coming here. Yeah, that was, that was a little sarcasm. But uh, I, I hear what you're saying, and I think uh, it's really going to be crucial for the Harbaugh tenure, really, to see how they bounce back from that that ridiculous loss on Saturday. I mean, you know, they got a chance to regroup this week. They see all the stuff going on in social media and the and the media in general. If they can have a good week of preparation and go beat a 2-0 Indiana team that's got a lot of momentum going right now, and that's not a bad team, Jared. I mean, every team in the Big Ten, they all can play on Saturdays. Michigan State showed that on last Saturday. you got to go show up, and if it's up to the Michigan coaching staff to get these guys ready to go on the road and, and bounce back. If they don't bounce back and lose to Indiana, then it's good. it could be a very long season. Yeah. What do you guys make of – it bothers me more than – probably both of you guys, but the Michigan State fan base that all last week was, this is the worst team in the Big Ten, just lost to Rutgers, Michigan's about to house us by 60, and now they're all over Twitter, like, flexing and acting like they're Clemson. Like, does that kind of stuff bother you guys as much as it does me, or what? Because, like, I'm not saying they should have been arrogant and the side of saying, like, no, we're about to beat Michigan by 40. No, Michigan State, the Rutgers loss doesn't mean anything. We're going to, you know, go into the big house and win. Saying, like, being that extreme. But, like, one of my buddies, I tweeted it out. Um, he went to Michigan State. Like, he, he had, like, legitimate reasons to have a little confidence. He said, like, the seven turnovers, I don't think that's going to happen. If Rocky Lombardi has a good game, I really think we could stick with you guys and maybe hang in until the fourth quarter and pull one off. He put money down on Michigan State and won a bunch of money. So, like, like, legit. I will gladly listen to him talk trash because he's being a fan. He's giving me, before the game, realistic, like, hey, I think if we do this, we might be able to pull it off. He's not one of those fans who was like, no, we're terrible. Michigan State's terrible. We're going to lose by 60. Look at the Vegas line. And then a quarter into the game, all over Twitter, just, like, flexing and shotgunning beers and doing stupid stuff, acting like they're Clemson. Clearly, you can tell that kind of stuff bothers me. I, yeah, I don't know. It didn't really. It doesn't really bother me because it was such a. It was a shock to everybody. I mean, if you had, and if you had been a state fan, 
uh, how annoying it must have been to probably see uh, all over Twitter all week how we were going to win by 400. Joe Milton is is the next coming, of, like the next Cam Newton pretty much. I, that would have drove me up a wall if I was a Michigan fan. And you're telling like there's been years where I remember Brady Hoax, I think it was his final year where Michigan sucked. But we almost beat like Ohio State. It came down to like a two-point conversion. Like you're telling me that you wouldn't have been like, you know, dancing in the streets like if we somehow had won that. No one expected that to happen. And I just I personally don't have a problem. I don't think it's like necessarily like mean-spirited in a way it's kind of just what makes the rivalry the rivalry it's kind of what cracks me up like twitter was on fire after that during the game and afterward and that's kind of just what i love about the had no one so many state fans and no one so many michigan fans i I know what matt's saying though and and michigan i'm just gonna throw a blanket statement out there a lot of michigan state fans are that way i mean it's just (laughs) you know they're quiet when they when they're real heavy underdogs they aren't talking until they pull the upset, you know, and you see that a lot. Am I going to say it bothers me? Not necessarily. I'm used to it. That's how they operate. But but I know exactly what you're saying, Matt. In the moment, I mean, it really actually, like, pisses me off. I have to, like, get off Twitter or else I'm about to make an idiot of myself. <laughs> but, uh, like, I'm, I'm glad Twitter wasn't around when I was in college, and during those games I was <laughs> a 30-pack deep, you know, because I probably would have went on a tweet storm or something. But, you know, I, it just – I would rather hear from a fan – like I said, legitimate, like, this This could actually give us a chance instead of saying we're the worst team in the Big Ten. Boom, we beat Michigan. Now we're the best team in the Big Ten. Well, what I really want to say is uh, you were probably watching it and you were probably on a sugar crash because we ate, you ate all those cookies that were earmarked <laughs> for us. Man. <laughs> yeah, that, I think that was the start of the, uh, the was, downfall. It was it That was, was Friday. We were supposed to all get cookies from B's Bakery. How nice was, was I, cookies. too, Jared? I, said, I texted Jared and said, hey, Jared, I'll go pick up your cookies for you. <laughs> I was looking forward to enjoying them during the game, and then we see that Maryland just beats Minnesota. That made me a little bit ner- nervous. Then I found out I don't get my cookies, and then the game is just an absolute shit show. It just wasn't a good Saturday all around. It was. I, I want to ask you guys, do you think, and again, these aren't like excuses, but I think these are legitimate like uh, topic points, conversation points. Do you think that the, the no fan thing, like definitely helped Michigan State? Because I, not that the big house is like a whiteout at Penn State, or, you know, one of those kind of environments. But yeah. just like some of those times, like Michigan had them like pinned deep a couple times inside the five or maybe seemed like, you know, they scored, started grabbing a little momentum, and it's just like dead silent, at, you know, no fans. So yeah. like, do, do you think like maybe that kind of stuff did actually help Michigan State? Oh, I yeah. think it's legit on any any traveling team. They they don't face that big disadvantage yeah. with the home crowd, without a doubt. And I think that di- there was uh, a, a difference in that game, and especially for Michigan State. I mean, it, it's not that far of a, a travel, really, right. to Ann Arbor, and it's just it's just disappointing. I I would like to use that, like you know, as an excuse or whatever. But it's just at the end of the, I'm glad that if anyone was going to beat us, like and just absolutely dismantle us, I guess it's okay that it's Michigan State. I don't. Because at least it made somebody happy. I don't yeah. know that I know. I, at least we kept in state, right? <laughs> I, I, I guess I would rather lose to them than Rutgers. So I guess we got that going for us. I guess. I think, honestly, like you said this last week, Jared, about um, Minnesota. Well, you you said it, too, about Michigan State, that, like, this loss could, like, send them into a tailspin and they could never recover. I, like, I almost feel like it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to almost be, like, one way or the other for Michigan. They're either going to go like three and five, and it'll be a, a tailspin, or maybe like Ted saying, or like you know maybe this does light a fire under their ass and they kind of wake up a little bit. You know who knows? Well, I think they're gonna. It's gonna be a class, like Jim Harbaugh is never gonna have a team that's gonna have a losing record, and it, and they're gonna be Indiana this weekend probably because Indiana's a little bit inflated. They're not as good as their ranking shows. They they won one game against Penn State. Uh, and it took Penn State basically botching the entire game for them to even win it, and a miraculous game like where maybe he didn't even score. Like so, Michigan's gonna win this game, and then we're gonna be back on you know Jim Harbaugh rah rah, and then they're gonna lose to Ohio State, probably lose to Penn State, and they'll go five and three, and that's the type of season. Then we'll run it back next year, and we'll get our hype out the Kool Aid. We'll all be drinking it. Joe Milton senior year, he's finally gonna take that step, and then they're gonna break our heart yet again. Yeah. I do think that yeah, I know we're probably about to move on. I do think Jim Harbaugh's uh, contract is coming up, so that's one thing. Like uh, he doesn't have an extension, so like his contract is coming up. One of my buddies threw out an idea, like because right now it would be tough right now, especially in a pandemic still and with everything going on, to give him like a five-year extension when he just got like handled by Michigan State. It'd be tough to kind of justify like a five-year extension. 
I almost think a one-year extension, basically like approve it. Even pay him the eight million, pay him nine million again, whatever. Basically, like one year, like. Well, you do. Until Milton, you've got you know a couple other good young recruits. Go prove it. You know, I, I almost think that's a pretty good idea if they, if they can do something like that. That's not a bad thought, but do, do you risk him at that point being insulted and then maybe start looking at a pro job? I mean, I, it, yeah. obviously, I, I'm not in his shoes at all. But he, like, you know, you have to give Jim Harbaugh credit. He has, you know, people love to bash him, and rightfully so, because of the attention and probably unrealistic expectations that he has. He has turned Michigan around from where they were and built, like, a strong program. They're not Illinois. Right. But they're not, like, a bottom feeder Mac team or something like that. They're a strong program who lays two or three eggs every year. But, like, you, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> It's frustrating. Think, like, if, if if he's going to go to the NFL or if he's ever going to leave, I feel like he would almost do it on his own terms. Yeah. Like he would say, I, he cares so much about Michigan. I mean, all the way back to his dad and Bo Schembechler. Like I almost feel like he might look himself in the mirror in a sense and be like, you know, maybe I'm not, this isn't the job for me type of thing, you know? So I don't think Jim Harbaugh has that in his brain. Yeah, probably I, not. Probably not, yeah. <laughs> sadly. Well, probably why we're in this situation. Probably right. Well, you know, we should probably continue talking about the game with uh, our resident Spartan, Joe Janka, and see what his thoughts are. Joe Janka, who thought Michigan State was going to lose by 30? That's, that's <laughs> the guy. Hey, let's get him on. <laughs> uh, a return appearance here by Joey Janka. He's Mr. Spartan last week. It was all doom and gloom. But oh, he's- wait, 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 wait. He wasn't Mr. Spartan last week because he was calling for MSU to lose. <laughs> I know, doom and gloom. Is, it's, but but all of a sudden, uh, a pretty good weekend, pretty good day <laughs> Saturday. Yeah, what a, what a change a week can make, right? Um, and, and I'll admit, I, I was the first one calling for that not to be a great game. And I'm just, uh, I'm on, I was shocked, as most people were, just the difference, and especially the difference in physicality Michigan State showed in, in just seven days. I mean, I... That, that was a legitimate, completely different team um, in comparison to the one that turned the ball over seven times against Rutgers. And, um, I mean, pleasantly surprised, but um, it seems that uh, we haven't really dropped off in uh, making Michigan a, a priority game in this rivalry with Mel Tucker, which is great to see. I just can't believe – what was the difference between the Rutgers game and the Michigan game? It, obviously, there was the turnovers, but other than that, the thing – and I, I, as much as I want to talk about like how good Michigan State looked – I keep just kind of thinking about how bad Michigan was. Were you, honestly, were you surprised at all with how the game turned out? Yeah, definitely surprised. But I think, well, two things is what I think happened on on Saturday, uh, maybe three, is A, Michigan State matched Michigan's physicality. I won't go out there and say that they were the more physical team. In some aspects, they might have been. I did not think they would match Michigan's physicality. Rutgers was more physical team than Michigan State was last week. And the second thing was, I think one of the strengths of Michigan State's team is they do have some weapons on the outside. I wasn't saying Ricky White a week ago, but they do have some good receivers with some speed on the outside. And obviously one of the weak points for Michigan's defense, which I give Jay Johnson, Michigan State's new offensive coordinator, credit for uh, scouting and looking forward to this week and saying, we're going to attack Michigan on the outside and deep. And, and my third thing is, is, I think the huge key to the game was Michigan's the fact that Don Brown and Harbaugh didn't make any adjustments. They didn't never put any, but no, no safety over top help on any of those corners all day, even though they kept getting burnt. And I think it ended up being the reason why they lost the game. Not just because, I mean, Michigan State's receivers were obviously, obviously making plays, but there was zero adjustments for Michigan's defense. And I thought that was the difference in the game. It honestly was insane to me how we were just running man. Like, you're, you're the court, as a, I don't know, like, I don't really normally pull this card, but as like a quarterback, former quarterback, I would love to go against teams that were just running like you knew exactly they were running man coverage the every whole time way. because yeah. you just there's really no way to throw interceptions. You throw it where only your guy can get it every time, uh, and you just hope that your guy's a better player. And that's what's crazy to me is like why didn't we force Rocky Lombardi to like pick apart our defense instead of him just picking his who he was going to throw to before the snap and then just they have better they clearly have better wide receivers than we have corners. I just didn't understand that whatsoever. Right. Well, and also I think a key part, too, was is I think Michigan emphasized they wanted to take Jalen Reed out of the game, the uh, Western Michigan transfer, which I would say is State's best offensive weapon, so they put Daxton Hill on him. For the most part, he did his job. Yeah. But Jay Johnson did it for Michigan State, just said we're going to park Jalen Reed on one side of the field 
and then we're just going to throw it to the guy on the opposite side and do streaks all day. Um, and, and obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying Rocky, let me call him Rocky Draco Malfoy, Malfoy uh, Lombardi <laughs> is the next, uh, you know, uh, greatest quarterback, but I thought he played a great game. He put balls in the place um, that only his receiver could have made plays on it, and Michigan didn't do a job. Um, so so I, I agree, and I'm not saying – I still don't think State's that good of a team. I really don't. But I, I think they were the better team on Saturday. I truly do. Oh, no doubt. No doubt they were. And like you said, they were more physical. And uh, whatever Coach Tucker did that week, he had them ready to play. And whatever Harbaugh did, uh, something opposite because they seemed lethargic. Uh, you know, And it still was a fairly close game at the final score. But Michigan State totally outplayed them. Yeah, it's, it, it, it was – I mean, like I said uh, – uh, a shock, but in a good way for my side of it. But I just, I just hope that Michigan State keeps building on this. And I think this could have, this was supposed to be Michigan was just gonna. And I, I was saying it too, so I'm gonna admit it. You know, I, this was supposed to be Michigan just imposing their dominance in this rivalry. You know, we're little brother again. They're worried about Ohio State. And from a recruiting standpoint, years to come for Mel Tucker in the next few years. I mean, I can't. Uh, you know, I, I, it was such an important game for going into recruits home over the next year and in the next two to three years as he starts building this program to say, hey, we can beat Michigan and start winning some of those recruiting battles. And um, I don't know if we, we've had coaches be able to do that the last two, three years of Antonio's career. So, I mean, it, it was probably the biggest of uh, top two, three biggest wins of my lifetime in Michigan State from just a sense on what's going to come after yeah. this. I'm yeah. not saying this year, but just Mel Tucker's program in general. I mean, I, uh, I, it was just a great day. I mean, I, I could, can't compliment that kid staffing up. Well, I have to tell our listeners that, uh, you know, you had texted me after the game saying you would pay to come on this podcast this week. <laughs> so I kind of felt guilty and thought, all right, let's let him on. He was on last week. Things were looking pretty dire. But, you know, before we let you go, we want to at least get you some airtime here with us, Joey. Uh, what, what do you think uh, this season holds for Michigan State moving forward? Yeah, and I, I, I still think – and it sounds crazy with how well they played last week. I still think this is a, on a good year going five and three, four and four. Last week I was saying two and five, three and six. Yep. I think the bar moves up a little bit, but I don't think we're going to compete with Ohio State. I don't think we're going to compete with Penn State for this side of the Big Ten. But I do think the expectation is now, is like for instance, next week against Iowa, is you're in that game, and that's a, that's a team that you can definitely beat. Um, but they're, they're not a finished product. This is still going to be a you know ups and downs of the season. It's a young team, but uh, you know if nothing else, by winning this game and the point I just made on for the next two to three years of Mel Tucker's tenure and recruiting battles in the state, that just winning that game in itself was what really makes this awkward year uh, a good year in a lot of ways. Right. So, um, so like I said, I'm not you know Michigan State isn't going to win the Super Bowl, Jared, but. Uh, no, they you guys are, won your uh, Super Bowl. Definitely moving in the right direction, I believe. And I think they actually have an offensive mind in their building for the first time in maybe uh, six or seven years. So that's also a good thing to see. <laughs> so you guys won your Super Bowl, uh, obviously, this year. So your season's set. Uh, but as for Michigan, wh- what do you think, Jim Harbaugh? What, is it outside looking in? I personally think it's time to get rid of Harbaugh. I never thought I'd say that, but that's where I'm at. Uh, do you agree? I, I mean, I do. And <laughs> it's crazy for me to say this because I. Uh, love uh, seeing all the Michigan tears on Twitter and all this stuff over the week, but I do feel bad for you guys, but I just don't know. No, you Matt don't. Reference this before. There has to be a better, uh, you have to have a better option before you just pull the trigger and, and, and take out Harbaugh and say, this is done because he's, he's won a lot of games. So, I mean, unless you've got a better option, I think you, you stick, you stay the course in my opinion, but um, if you find somebody, I mean, if Ryan Day leaves Ohio state or something like that, you can get him over in Michigan. I, I just, I don't know if there's a better option out there. Mel Tucker, yeah, the bank. bring him over. Yep. <laughs> but like I said, we wanted to get you on here, uh, get you a chance to uh, you know puff out your chest a little bit, and congratulations on the win. That was a that was a big win for the Spartans, without a doubt. Thank you guys. Thanks for having me on, and um, uh, ho- look forward to speaking with you guys later in the year. And go Green. All right, sounds good, Joe. Hey, if you ever see me uh, popping champagne uh, over beating Michigan State, I'll kick my own ass. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Famous Fair enough. last words. <laughs> 
All right, always good to check in with Joey. I think we got a lot off our chest there in college football. We'll get some Lions talk here in a second, but I got to tell you about Sheridan Auction Service. They always always have a wide variety of items in real estate on the docket. Stay up to date by checking their website at SheridanAuctionService.com. Also, Nelson House Funeral Homes. Their number one goal is to serve the families in our community. Top priority, caring for our friends and neighbors and being right there when you need them the most. See them on the web at Nelson dash house.com and also rivals tap house and grill the official sports bar of three-point podcast come on out for high school football on the big screen friday nights college and pro football game days rivals tap house and grill in corona you know they raised over eight hundred dollars in conjunction with our participation last saturday with all the donations going to breast cancer research it was great to partner up with them we had some great swag that gave away that we gave away to a lot of the uh, fans that were in there watching the games and it was just a great cause all right let's jump into lion talk boys one week they look pretty good back to the same old lions i mean just manhandled by the colts i i really didn't expect that at home and it's just another disappointing loss for the lions and i don't know i don't know if we're ever going to see success down there i mean i'm going to be completely honest my my parents are in town visiting so yep. uh, i didn't watch a minute of the game You're i was lucky. checking out a bunch of friends were texting and i was keeping up that way looking at the the game feed and stuff on on the espn app you know that that kind of stuff Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of glad I didn't actually watch. That's the first Lions game I haven't watched in a long time. But it sounds like I, I'm glad I didn't waste three or four hours watching that mess. Welcome to the club, Matt. I, it cracks me up. I thought you guys were, whoa, like this team's going playoffs, playoff bound, Super Bowl, potentially Super Bowl bound. Look at look at where we're at. We're in the worst possible spot now. We suck, third in the division. Uh, we have like an okay record. So we're not going to have a good draft pick. This is what you guys wanted, though. So, hey, I can't wait to draft, you know, some 15th pick, uh, scrub offensive lineman, and run this thing back next year. It's kind of you guys fu- got what you wanted. Kind of funny how one week changes. You're, you're pretty much right on what, what they're looking at right now. I mean, do they bounce back from this and even the record at 4-4? Four four, but always, who cares? Why do you always, you always go to that with the Lions, with Michigan, like how they're going to run the table for you? It's, I didn't hey, say they're going to run the table. You I, why you're, you're why do they have a... every Sunday is because this goddamn mindset you have. Like, yeah, I don't know how sixty years of being a Lions fan hasn't like shaken you out of this. It must it's be done a disease. It to me in twenty years, it's a disease. It's done right? it to me where you just think like they're always going to turn it around. It's kind of hilarious. Like you're always the, there's always next year. That's you, but it's like oh, there's always next week. It's like the old time Cubs fans, you know, until they finally won the championship. Yeah. It's very similar. You're right. I hate to admit that's, it. That's kind of what it, it feels like because I mean, they, the last couple of years with Patricia, they haven't, they obviously haven't been very good. But you know, like with Caldwell or like the traditional nine and seven, eight and eight Lions record, and that's how it kind of is. They might go on a couple game win streak in position, like they were this Sunday, really to actually like move up in the rankings and look like a contender, and then they lay an egg against the Colts, a team they really should have beat. So is this like? Not like the final straw. There, I don't. If they haven't fired Patricia yet, I really don't think they're going to fire Patricia this season. But it's something like this, the final straw. Like, if you can't go in at home and beat a Colts team when you're in position to get above 500 and move into a playoff like contending spot, is this kind of like the last straw for Patricia? Do you guys? It's it's real close to it for it's sure. It's been the last straw for me for uh, two years, pretty much since the Jets Monday Night Football opening game, where they told us that they knew our play calls. Yes, it's the first time I've ever heard that then and since that somehow a team knew what we were the other team was calling because of how rudimentary the offense was. Yeah, and, and look what happened to the Jets after that. I mean, they're, yeah, they're worse than the Lions, and but they still beat the Lions. Truly, <laughs> <laughs> <Jersey> out rolls. <laughs> I just I. The Lions are the Lions are the Lions. They're gonna lion, as I like to say it. Like I don't, I don't. I mean, there's really not much more to add. It's just it, it didn't shock me. Pretty much, game went exactly how I thought it would. No real bright spot, like at all. Like at least in some other games, we found some funny way to lose. This is just a flat out loss. Like nothing to really take from it. No, you're right. I mean, it, it, it was a capper to a depressing weekend for us as it was with that Michigan debacle on Saturday. Was well, you know we love our sports, but boy oh boy, 2020 hit Saturday and Sunday. There's two lackluster performances without a doubt. You expect it somewhat from the Lions. Didn't expect it from the Wolverines at all. But uh, yeah, I mean. 
I guess maybe, Jared, you're right. I, I have to quit going week in and week out with optimism. You know, that's kind of the guy I am, though. I'm kind of a, a glass-half-full guy, and it might be silly and might be stupid, but I can't help it. It's just my my mindset. Well, it kind of is. I, I know there's, you know, Jared talks about watching the Lions, like, waiting for how they're going to blow it. I can see, like, watching it in in a fun way like that. But otherwise, it is kind of like, why why watch a game, especially if it's the Lions, if you aren't optimistic, you know, if you're not kind of excited to see whether it was like Barry Sanders back in the day or then Megatron or now Stafford or, you know, whatever, like, you know, you want to have a little bit of optimism, but it is kind of, I mean, like you said, Jared, it's the Lions. And even like a kicker like Matt Prater, who's one of the best kickers in the league and has been really good for the Lions, he's been like lionized this year. He's just missing kicks like he, he didn't used to. So, you know, and Adrian Peterson, I can't even imagine what he's thinking. I mean, he's probably glad just to be playing still. But, like, he must be, like, in that locker room, like, get me the hell out of here. Like, can you guys please trade me anywhere? Because this is just a dysfunctional franchise. But, actually, he may not even really the, care at all. But the, the biggest loss, I actually, we took this weekend for the Lions was I saw some Kenny Galladay. And this was getting <laughs> ran, like, people were, like, loving it. Like, this guy, we want this guy in the Lions. He says he, quote, unquote, wouldn't mind spending his career here dude this guy's this guy's getting his first ticket out of detroit that's what that says to me he wouldn't mind spending his career here. basically we have to pay him way more than he's worth to get him to stay here is that's what i got from that everyone else is like whoa yeah get like pay this man like what are we talking about yeah you're probably right in his mindset but but after watching him when he's healthy and when he's on the field he does make a difference isn't wouldn't you say he's one of the top five have you ever heard a player say they wouldn't mind spending their career where they were driving like usually it's like i would love to stay here I wouldn't mind yeah. like what well that's 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 posturing for a bigger contract right yeah yeah i mean i definitely think he deserves a, a big contract if he's like julio jones status or you know up that high you know i don't know but he's pretty it good definitely was like you were talking about the the difference in emotions or like 2020 weekend happening uh this weekend with with football ted yeah it was like i was thinking last weekend at this time after Michigan looks so good against Minnesota, Detroit, you know, the Lions win, get back to 500. <laughs> right. I was, like, feeling pretty good. I was like, man, you know what? You know, Joe Milton's starting. He's looking great. The Lions actually showing a little life. Yeah. Now I'm almost like, man, uh, I don't even – I mean, I'm going to watch the games next weekend, but I'm almost like – Whatever, whatever happens, you know. I'm with you, man. And, you know, we're recording this on Monday. Let's hope that uh, people keep their shit together after tomorrow's election, too, you know. I mean, right. what the heck's going to happen? You know, it's 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 a big crapshoot, and let's hope everybody does keep calm. And we let's figure it. Let's hope we have a president after tomorrow night, after Tuesday night. I don't know if we will. I, I don't know. I think it's going to be pretty close. We'll find out. How'd you like how I snuck yeah. in a little poli- political talk there, Jared? I, I mean, I knew it was coming. It's not really sneaking it in when you... <laughs> We're right in the middle of our sports yeah. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that's not really sneaking it in. That was actually a blatant, like, just throwing it out there. Wow. I did. I don't know about you guys. I, I know we, we've talked about voting, and I think we've all voted. I know Teddy did. Yep. Jared, you said you were mailing yours in, right? We all did, yep. Yep, yep. Yeah. Got, got a picture of it. First I, time voting. Yeah. It's probably been, like, two weeks ago. I, I voted early, but... It, it has kind of felt like sometimes I, I forget that this election is happening tomorrow. If it wasn't for all the text messages and all the flyers in the mail and stuff like that, like, you know, because I'm not going to vote tomorrow. Sometimes I'm like, oh, yeah. Like when you said that, Ted, I was like, oh, yeah, that's that's tomorrow night. Right. Or with people listening tonight. So yeah. we'll yeah. find out. Well, listen, let's wrap this uh, podcast up with a little potpourri and maybe a quick little entertainment. I got something I want to tell you about. And before we get to that, I want to tell you about the chronoconnection.com. They know it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at chronoconnection.com. Also, Advanced Elevator Company. They have expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators. An area business leader and a longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. And Hankard Sportswear. They're the area's top clothing and more printing business located in the heart of Owasso, 116 West Exchange Street. Follow them on Facebook at hankard.sportswear. All right, Jared. I know you had something you wanted to uh, bring to the yeah, table. Yeah, so on it's a little bit. It's a little bit weird. Um, maybe a little bit TMI, I guess, in a way. But uh, I came home the other night, and my dad's like, "Hey, I have this really cool like song I want to show you." And I and he's typing it in on YouTube, and like we're watching TV, and he types in uh, Miley Cyrus uh, zombie cover, Ooh. and he says that he's quote unquote been listening to it all day. 
And then I come home the other night, and again I hear Miley Cyrus, but it's not the same song. It's he's quote unquote like falling in love with Miley Cyrus. As bizarre as that is, this is the girl that was Hannah Montana growing up. Like that's how I know her, and I guess she like makes some pretty decent music. But it's just kind of weird that that's what's been being pumped around in my house lately is Miley, <laughs> Miley Cyrus music. I don't know how to feel about it. I, I guess I just figured I'd throw it up to you guys. A couple different uh, ages. You know, Ted's probably closer to your age. Is Miley Cyrus even on your radar for oh, music? Oh, without a doubt. I mean, it's funny you say that, that your dad likes Miley Cyrus or maybe just found And my out. mom doesn't even like her. So uh, my, and my wife doesn't really care for her at all, but I think that, that's my own personal opinion, I think she's extremely talented as a singer. I like the way she does some of her... Uh, her arrangements of some of the songs. I mean, I, I, and I, I want to listen to that song, Zombie, because I like that <laughs> song, first of all, so I bet it's pretty good. Wow. Yeah, no, she she definitely gets ripped for some of her antics, I guess, if you want to call it that. Yeah. You know, maybe overshadowing her talent. Because, right, she is actually extremely talented as a musician. I mean, she obviously comes from a family of musicians with, you know, Don't Break My Heart, My Achy Breaky Heart, yep. and her dad, but... I don't know. I, I can't say that I listen to, like, I know who Miley Cyrus is. I was, when you brought her up, Jared, you, is that, uh, that, like, steel wrecking ball thing, is that still on Grand Valley's campus? Yes. Uh, there's a cage around it now because apparently somebody tried oh. to ride, ride it like a wrecking ball. So <laughs> I did like that song by her, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that was when I was at Grand Valley, and when Wrecking Ball came out, like, one of Miley Cyrus's biggest songs, people started jumping on that ball at Grand Valley, and a lot of dudes would, or people would get drunk and jump on it butt naked and take videos of it and stuff. Yep. So apparently now there's a cage around it. That's pretty funny. But, you know, she's super talented. I don't know. Like, kind of like Taylor Swift. Like, people hate on Taylor Swift. She's got a ton of talent. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I would listen to it. When you say zombie cover, like the Cranberry song? Yes. Oh, yeah. I would definitely listen to that then. I like Cranberries a lot. Yeah, and that song, I think that's a great song. So, like I said, I'd love to hear her version of it. So wow. there you go. It is funny, though. I, I guess when you... When your dad's, like, asking Alexa to play Miley Cyrus, I guess that is kind of funny. Yeah. I mean, I guess I – wow, I guess I'm the crazy one here. I don't know. I sort of thought there would be a different reaction to that one. Apparently, I'm the I'm the, I'm the odd man out here. Well, be, let's let's throw it out there for our listeners. Hit us up on Twitter at 3PointPod. You like Miley Cyrus as a singer? Any thoughts on Miley Cyrus? I mean, yeah, she, she definitely has some crazy antics, and – her off microphone performances are quite wild, but as far as a pure singer, I think she's excellent myself. All right, another quick topic, guys. We always like to talk about shows on Netflix. I've and Jared, I want to throw this out at you. You you dabble a little bit in the game of chess, don't you? Yep. There is I love chess. There is a a new show just came out at the end of October called The Queen's Gambit. I don't know if you've heard of yep, anything. My mom actually recommended it to me. Highly recommend it. I'm four episodes in out of seven. It is you know, you got to dig in. I had to get through the first episode to kind of get the flavor of it. Now I can't stop watching. I'll probably go home and watch it, watch episode five tonight when I get home. Or in, maybe I won't. Monday night football's on. <laughs> but I'll watch it this week. But it's excellent. Just excellent. It's, it's about this girl who was an orphan. Her parents got killed in a car crash. And she was adopted. But the early part of it, they show you her in the orphanage. And she learns to play chess from the custodian. Yeah, and there's a there's a other stuff that I I don't want to throw out there that would be spoilers, but it's tremendous. Uh, audience on Rotten Tomatoes, ninety seven percent from critics, a hundred percent. You don't see that very often. Wow. And uh, on the Ted the Sports Guy uh, three point podcast rating, I give it a solid two point eight on what I've seen so far. Now four episodes in, I don't know how it's going to end, but I, I would highly recommend it. it. It's an outstanding little mini series. I didn't, so I, I didn't hear, maybe I just kind of missed it. What's the tie-in with chess? Oh, sorry about that. Yeah, she, uh, she learned how to play chess from a custodian at the orphanage. And, oh, okay. And the, what, and the tie-in is she's a brilliant genius when it comes to chess. And this takes place in the, uh, in the 50s, late 50s and 60s. And uh, competitive chess was quite a big thing. I mean, you could win money, and her stepmother kind of got involved as her agent let's just yeah. put it that way and it shows her as she evolves from being a young kid in the orphanage to getting adopted to hitting the the, the big time chess circuit it's really good and you, you know you think about why would i watch a, a series or a movie about chess but 
it's got enough uh, interesting stuff that that ties in together that yeah. I think you'd enjoy it. So there you go. Wow. Yeah, chess is kind of funny. Like I, I honestly haven't played chess in a while, but like it was third. I think it was like fourth and fifth grade at Elsa Meyer. Chess for some reason, you know, like pogs, penny hockey, uh, paper football, you know, all those like games. But for some reason, all of us like kids, chess became huge. Like we would even take sometimes chess boards out to the like recess wow play chess or definitely if we had like <laughs> wow. if it was raining or snowing you know and you had yep. inside recess we would have like six chess boards going and be playing chess so i mean I, I haven't played now in a few years or a little while but yeah I, I used to play a lot of chess i feel like chess is is popular because it's like kind of pretty much it, it probably it shouldn't be this way but i feel like it's the number one game in terms of like if you beat somebody it's like you're just flat out smarter than them not like where it's like checkers, it's kind of like a dumb little gimmicky game. Whereas chess is like a thinking man's game, where it's like if you beat them, it's basically like you're just superior brain power. Well, you probably play it like I did and like maybe Matt did too. You know, you you know what you know the players, what they can move, but do you really give it a lot of strategy? Like you know for sure what you're doing five moves ahead. That's why you know? that's always been the problem with my family is – I've always been of the speed chess playing, where you, you play in five, you play in ten minutes. Okay. They, my brother and my dad will sit there for twenty minutes making a move. They'll bore me out. I'll be dominating <laughs> the game, but they'll bore me out, and and it's like I, they they win up tying like with a stalemate, and it's just stupid. It's like who's who's having fun here when it takes three hours to play a game? I definitely I definitely remember I like looked up, and this is again this is pre Twitter, YouTube, you know stuff like that. So like. I had to dial up internet, look up, or probably actually open an encyclopedia or something. But I remember I looked up like two and three move. Brilliant. Like checkmate. Yep. Yep. And <laughs> I, you know, as a like a fourth or fifth grader, I had those memorized. And if someone, if I did this two or three move checkmate, and someone like blocked it, it was like game over for me. I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so that was my like go to. I had these two like checkmate moves that I would always go for. Well, it's class that's brilliant. I actually, yep, I. That's not a bad idea, right there. That is pretty honest. smart. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a great game for sure, and definitely check it out on Netflix. Uh, the only other thing I have to bring up on this part of the program is uh, you guys probably don't watch a lot of network TV, but there is one really good show on on uh, NBC, and it's called This Is Us, and they had their first episode. Uh, last week, and it was just it was fantastic. So I'll just leave it there. This is us. It, outstanding writing acting the whole deal that's my recommendation it's a tearjerker isn't it it can be yep. it can be yep but very good show this has been around for a few seasons right yeah yeah but they just came back for the new season uh they're dealing with covid and a few other things so it's very topical and uh it truly is one of the one of the best uh series on television whether it's a network or not i mean it, it's 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 netflix quality let's put it that way it's very good yeah all right, guys. Anything else we want? To, anything we got? Got to get on the table here before we sign off. Mike, cover everything you think. I think you did. Yeah. All right. Well, let's call it a pod. Don't forget to follow us. Let our partners know you listen in. They include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Hankard Sportswear, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, Sheridan Auction Service, and Z92.5 The Castle. Speaking of the castle, the next Z92.5 Game of the Week this coming Friday night, Holton. Here's a who at Fowler. So tune into that one around 7 o'clock. Uh, for Jared Fattel and Matt Burns, I'm Ted Fattel. Thank you again for supporting Three Point Podcast. Three Point Podcast is syndicated worldwide on Sports Radio Detroit and MWSN Radio. The show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ MidMichigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at Three Point Pod or by email to threepointpod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, bye for now.